Hey, it's Anaya Richards, and after a long hiatus, I'm back with Never Date a Traveler. If you're just tuning in to Never Date a Traveler, these are my fireside chats where I discuss my experience with dating and romance while on the road. The ups, the downs, the passionate turns, and in some cases, how they lead to cultural discovery. I am a sometimes fashion stylist, a travel blogger and writer, and born wanderluster and advocate for cultural change. <laughs> I'm all the things. I'm fortunate enough to be able to travel as much as I do for work, but for work or not, it's such a passion of mine. Uh, my family is international, and I'm pretty sure my suitcases would be packed for a trip a few times a year anyway. This season of Never Cheat a Traveler, I'm going to be bringing you more stories and a new format guests to share their stories of love and wanderlust with you. And what does love and wanderlust mean around the world? For the last few months, I've been splitting my home base between New York City and London, UK, because, well, someone decided to date this traveler. You'll hear from him again sometime this season, hopefully, but I wanted to dive in and continue where we left off on our combo in the last episode. Today, I'm going to be chatting with two of my closest friends, Jennifer Estrada, who you met last week, and writer-creative extraordinaire, Naomi Bishop. They both get that question of, what are you a lot as well? So let's dive in. Continuing the conversation, have you ever gotten the question, what are you? Oh my God. Speaking of, in the, I don't know if you were just listening to, if you were listening to my podcast, Jen was just talking about a Moroccan North, well, a Moroccan French Jewish guy. Yeah. <laughs> that she was dating. He sounds like my type. <laughs> you would love him, honestly. He's incredibly handsome. He's very romantic, very passionate. You know, we there were lots mm-hmm. of fireworks. He's also just so um, he's very French in that way, where he just like says whatever he's thinking. I don't love dating French men. Actually, yeah, it's, I just can't with them. It's hard. <laughs> We hadn't seen each other in, like, a month, and he was like, it looks like you gained some weight. And I was like, first of all, I have not. And second of all, who are you? Who are you? What? Like, I legitimately have not. I mean, you know, it it happens. I'm not, like, you know, sometimes I gain a little bit of weight, sometimes I lose it. But, like, I was like, what are you even talking about anyway? But going back to his lips, have you ever gotten the question, what are you? Yes. All the time, it is a question that has plagued me, and I just where are you I don't. From? But at least that where are you from is is a yeah. is a person is a question you ask a person. What are you? Yes, is it's not it does not make sense as a question. Yeah, it's like my when I get so I get this question in a variety of forms. Um, what are you is the worst. If you've ever asked, if anyone listening has ever asked a human being what they are, you need to reflect. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't don't do it. Um, but what are you is the worst version of that question. I also get, where are you from? No, where are you really from? Yes. Where's your family from? And that's like, okay, fine. Let's get to it. But I like to, what I, what I've started doing is just responding. So at first, when I was when I was younger, and I would get this question because I started getting it 
um, you know, later in college and then, like, when I graduated. That's around when I started getting yeah. it, too. I wonder why. I don't know. You I don't get know. real comfortable then? <laughs> I don't know. You, I think I think part of it is that... And we went that, to the same college. Is it the people we went to college Probably. With? I mean, like, I think we started, like, going out to, like, bars in town more at that point versus mm-hmm. just being in the dorms with people we already knew. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Mm. it. So, when I was younger, I would... I, it still makes me indignant, but I would get indignant in a way that would make me try to shame people publicly. You might know that tendency. Shame. Shame. <laughs> like, real, real hard. So I would I would respond with things like, I'm a person, or like a human being, mm. or an American, or I'm from New York, and yeah. just like refuse to give them the answer they were looking for. Um, but mm. now, what I tend to say is, what do you mean? Yeah. And then it puts it back, puts the burden back on the person because you, if you really want to know what my ethnic background is, yeah. have the balls to ask. I like, I like that. Have the courage to ask point blank. And if you don't feel comfortable asking me that question, maybe you should not be asking me that question. I really like that technique. I'm going to start using it. Yeah. No, it's been good. It's been good. It really weeds out people and, and their intentions exactly because here's my biggest problem when I get that question is too often especially when I get it here it's used as a flirting technique yes well and that's what I, I was so I was talking to a friend of mine who um she's half Armenian um and half German by ethnic heritage um but effectively she's a white woman mm-hmm. um but her look I think because of her Armenian roots is a little bit ambiguous, um, but not enough to warrant that question. Mm-hmm. Um, people tend to assume, you know, she's yeah. an interesting version of a white person. Um, and that's all. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but so we were talking and she's, you know, she's a very like thoughtful, inquisitive person. Um, but she at first was unclear about why the question bothered me so much. Mm-hmm. And, um, it is exactly what you're saying. It's used as a, as a flirting technique. It's used as a way to give a compliment that is at its core reducing me or whoever they're talking to, to that ethnic identity, whether or not I've, you know, chosen to identify that myself. So, and it's, it's very exotifying in a way that is incredibly narrow-minded in terms of what it means to be a person, a Latina person, a person of color in general. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as we all know, you can be beautiful or unattractive conventionally, no matter your identity, your racial identity. (laughs) You know, everyone, every ethnicity has a full spectrum of, you know, looks um, and our society has very narrow views on what is not is not attractive. Um, but it really it's it it's reductionist, and it it mm-hmm. feels like when I get asked that question, especially like right off the bat by a person who is trying to hit on me, um, it feels immediately like what they they want to kind of identify me so that they can understand what they're looking at because that's the important identifier Mm -hmm. and I really 
it's 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 unpleasant to yeah. be narrowed in that way. Well, I've had that happen from a friend, a white American friend. She's from Minnesota. Her then boyfriend. We were in Dominican Republic together. Mm-hmm. He was Dominican from Santo Domingo. Um, and he asked that, and then he was like, oh, yeah, because it makes sense that your family's Caribbean because you look Caribbean Hispanic, like your nose is thinner, you're definitely not black American. Like, And he felt comfortable saying this. Thought yeah. it was interesting that a Dominican man, given their history, felt comfortable saying this. Well, I and do think context is important. Context is important. And he, But the way that he... Like, I think that for him, it was an okay thing to say, like, you're definitely mixed. And he thought that was saying, saying, oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that con- mm-hmm. context-wise, unfortunately, it made sense coming from a Dominican person, given yeah. their history. Right. And not to throw shade, but I thought it was just desserts when he moved back to Minnesota <laughs> with her. And he got upset because people were calling him Mexican. Yep. And he was so offended. You know, and that's the thing. So I, I mentioned context because I, I do think, like, context and tone. Mm-hmm. Because you can you can ask me about my ethnic identity or my, you know, racial background in a way that does not get my hackles up and does not make me immediately, you know, um, you know, want to shut you down or embarrass you a little bit. (laughs) Shame. Yeah. Shame. Shame. (laughs) For shame. You know, and, and I have been asked the question in a way that is not offensive. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and it's about context. It's about tone. It's about the person's willingness to, um, you know, give me an understanding of why they're asking and maybe share a little bit about their own identity um, when it's not about, um, when it's not just about my looks or my mm-hmm. look and trying to kind of peg why you suddenly find a person of color attractive. <laughs> like, that is much less um, off-putting. And when it's coming from a person who also has an identity that um, is sometimes misjudged or misunderstood um, because people tend to ask me because I am ambiguous people. Mm -hmm. And I've been asked um, by people of various backgrounds if I share their background. So, and it's, it's, they're asking me to make a connection. And so it, it matters. And so I've, I've been asked by a Greek person, if I'm Greek, I've been asked by a, an Indian person, if I'm Indian, I've been asked by Hawaiians, if I'm Hawaiian. Mm. When it comes from that place, it's not offensive. And also, when it's asked in a way that doesn't diminish my personhood, mm-hmm. I mean, you just, you wouldn't ask a white person, what are you? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you do, that doesn't make any sense. Exactly. So here's the Sterling Sisters' advice to how to ask someone about their background. Take it away, Jen. If you really want to know someone's background, I would start, like, first of all, I would ask myself, I just encourage you to ask yourself why you're interested. And if if there isn't a good reason and you don't know the person that well, maybe hold off. Like, maybe, maybe don't just ask them out of nowhere. Don't. Um, because there, it's not that you don't deserve to know. It's not that you're not allowed to ask. It's that people are people, and they want to feel seen as a person. So 
that that would be just something to think about. So I would say if if you're compelled to ask someone about their ethnic or racial background, I would first encourage you to just ask yourself why you're asking. Um, if you don't have a great reason, if it's not, if it has nothing to do with their culture or something that is in the context of your current conversation and you don't know the person that well, I would say maybe just don't ask that question um, because people want to be seen as, as people that are complex and, and people want to define their own identity. And if that's not something that a stranger is immediately sharing with you, maybe um, you just give them their own time to do that. Um, and it's not because you don't get to ask or you don't deserve to know. It's not about that. It's just, you know, as you're getting to know someone, you you want to respect their pace and what they share too. And, and, you know, for some people, it's a totally fine question. Some people have no issue with it, but you don't really um, know if you don't know the person well. And, and you know, it, it might just be something that they... Um, can share with you in their own way, in their own time. And don't ever phrase it as, what are you? Well, That's that is the other a, thing. A good way to That's ask the it. other thing. Like, if, if it does make sense, so if you ask yourself that question and it does make sense in what you're talking about and you do have a reason or you want to share something about your culture and background too, like, that's great. And what I would say is, you know, instead of asking what are you? Because just strike that from, from your repertoire of questions you ask a human. Um, <laughs> or even where you're from, because for a lot of people, um, you're just gonna you're just gonna go in a circle and that's not really your question anyway. Um, <laughs> like if you wanna know where someone grew up or where they're from, great. Ask them that, that's perfect. If you wanna know what their ethnic or racial background is, I would just like own that and ask that question and give a little bit of context as to why. Like, oh, what's your background ethnically, racially, because I, you know, um, am half Puerto Rican and half Spanish and, you know, have a very similar, like you were talking about this thing and we also have a very similar, I'm thinking about food specifically, we also have a very similar food in my culture. Are you, you know, mm. from a culture that has, has that or like what, you know, if, if there's something you're talking about, like food or um, geography or something that is connected to wanting to know about that person's identity, then that makes perfect sense and you should ask that question. But own the question and help the person understand why you're asking it. And if the person gets offended, if the person does not like the question, okay. Like that that's allowed too. You might not win. <laughs> you know, you might not you might not get the answer you're hoping for, or, you know, it might pause the conversation for a second, but understanding that like for a lot of people, um, that part of their identity is totally fine. And for a lot of people, it's, it's something that maybe they've had challenges with, um, and had, had negative experiences with, and just being open to the fact that that may or may not feel comfortable for them. And, and you can try and make that space a little bit more comfortable by sharing why you're asking and also maybe a little bit about yourself. So that was Jennifer Estrada's take on the great what are you question debate. Like with many issues, I wholeheartedly agree with her. First, there's the wording of that question. Then there's the context behind it. Understanding the intentions of the person asking, and that's not always easy to ascertain. 
Next, I share a glass of wine and chat with my dear friend, Naomi Bishop, who gives a slightly different, perhaps more positive way to take the question. With a guest appearance from her boo, who, as you can see, totally cues it up for me. I've been wanting to talk to Naomi about this for a while. It's something that, you know, we've chatted about here and there. And then she put a great message on her Insta story about the idea of describing someone as exotic based on one of her students who she tutors a conversation that they had. So yeah, let's just get right into it. Cheers. 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 Oh, this is good. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's good. So I'm with Naomi, one of my friends. For how long have we been friends? Since seventh grade, I want to say. Yeah. So it's like almost 20 years. Definitely 20 years, which is crazy. crazy. Wow. (laughs) No, 20 years. Exactly 20 years. Maybe even This is our anniversary. Happy 20th anniversary. (laughs) Cheers. It is incredible. It's wild. And Aaron... Her husband. I've been with Naomi now for a fifth of her life. That's crazy. Yeah. So we've been together like, like six that. and a half years. We just said today. We were just talking about it. Almost seven. Yeah, six and a half. That's, whoa. A fifth when you say it like that, though. I moved, I've been here seven years when I met Naomi. Now, six years. So I've only been here like 13 years. It's longer than that. Okay. But a fifth of your life. Wow. 20% of your life. of my life you have been here and every year will be more and more and more and more. You know, how many family members have met, both sides. That's really actually yeah, amazing, too. Especially because like, your family... Nobody I'd ever dated had met, like, you know, my aunt, my extended, like, aunts, uncles, all that from even this side and then yeah. definitely the Indonesian side, which is crazy. So tell about your Indonesian... Well, Aaron's so perfect in queuing things <laughs> up. <Yeah. laughs> Thanks for queuing. Yeah. <laughs> So why do people call you exotic? What do people think you are when you first, before you tell us? So definitely Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't even ask. They just go up to me and they start asking me questions in Spanish. That happens a lot. Not just like from Latin American countries, but Spain as well. People okay. will just randomly be like, oh, where, donde esta, you know, World Trade Center yeah. or whatever it is. I'm like, I, so eventually, <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 I do respond in Spanish because eventually at some point, like maybe... 20 years ago it happened more and more and more so I started taking Spanish at Trinity because because you were getting it it so much yeah it was like I didn't know how to answer and it would just be really awkward (laughs) and like the thing that always strikes me is because you know like I definitely don't speak Spanish perfectly by any means but especially back then when I was younger too is that people don't they, they get upset almost they can see it in their eyes it's like oh yeah sort of like oh you're not proud of your heritage I've gotten that disappointment in Dominican Republic yeah I bet they you get do dis- actually they yeah. get disappointed and you're like well, why don't you cut all your work and you're like because I'm not I'm not Dominican I'm not actually even <laughs> Spanish at all like exactly. if anything I've learned your your yeah. culture as a way of like trying to respect the fact that you happen to think that I'm part of it and so you <laughs> don't mind when people I, I do sometimes when okay. it's for some reason, I mind more when it's other minorities doing it, like non-Latin ex-minorities doing it. Okay. So, like, an Indian guy, I'm assuming he was Indian. Yeah. He could have been Pakistani, but he uh, said a few things to me, like, um, shukriya, that made me think he was Indian. But 
he definitely, like, he just approached me right away and started asking me if I wanted handbags and Rolexes and all that stuff. We were on <laughs> near Canal Street, Center Street. <laughs> and, yeah, and he, he said all this stuff in Spanish. And I said, I turned around, and I, it was one of, in one of my, like, moods. And I'd just gotten yeah. out of boxing, and I was sort of, like, in a feisty mood. And I turned around, and I said, listen, man, I'm Indonesian. I'm closer to your culture than I am to any kind of Latin yes. culture. You know, and it just, I, I don't know. Sometimes it really gets to me and sometimes it doesn't get to me at all okay. so it's just it's, it's like if I know it's going to happen on the subway that's okay but if I'm just sort of walking and mm-hmm. you know the most annoying thing though I guess is like the fact that I think being quote unquote exotic looking and also being short yeah let's know, talk like about the step. word exotic what do you think about that so I happen to love the word mm-hmm. um, my dad thought that you know my mom was an exotic woman and not as a like an exotic dancer and or where's whatever. your dad from he's a russian polish jew ashkenazi, um, ashkenazi jew <laughs> yeah family came here in the yeah. 1800s like new yorker was yeah. born you know in the new york hospital like, yeah grew up in great neck and then moved to new york and went to trinity actually yeah. as well so he had um his parents had never wanted him to marry anyone who wasn't Jewish mm. um, because it was really important, you know, as it is in many Jewish families to sort of maintain that heritage with your kids and the yeah. mother is what defines Judaism. So he um, broke every single rule and then he went to Indonesia and um, he met my mother and my grandparents, like, uh, deaf, they tried to disown him. Um, your, my grandfather. On your dad's side, grandfather. Yeah. yeah. And then my grandma, grandmother on my mother's side broke every plate in the house. It was like, you're not going to marry a foreigner. You know, it was. they were both very against it. So um, they did not want her marrying an American man. No, not at all. Because that's another stereotype, too. In, not necessarily Indonesia, I would say, but Southeast Asia. I'm thinking oh, yeah. Thailand. It's, it's a lot. Even my cousins yeah. are like, oh, I want to marry a boule. I want to marry a boule. Boule is like American a, man? A foreigner. Okay. You know, it can okay. be from anywhere, but okay. just a foreigner. I want to marry a foreigner. It's definitely like a status thing it's a ticket out mm-hmm. things like that um my mom had been proposed to a lot and she had like a german boyfriend before my Ooh. dad and she wasn't so she was you know, always into foreigners do you think i think she definitely wanted to get out of new york i mean not new york of, out of indonesia. indonesia so she or was she just curious about other cultures she was like curious you? about other cultures I mean, both she was a sagittarius yeah, like you know so parents. she was yeah yeah so i think she was curious but always wanted to get out and like always knew she was going to get out mm-hmm. didn't want to rely on a man to do it i don't think that's awesome um she did it probably for from like her dance and she was she was like wearing mini skirts and all of that stuff when everyone was wearing traditional mm-hmm. dress um so she was very kind of avant-garde but she the way that my father described her exoticism always reminds me of Gauguin's paintings like okay. Tahitian women and things like that okay so I, that's in my view when I think of the word exotic that's the first thing that flashes into my mind is like mm-hmm. woman with a mango or one of those paintings. Okay, yeah. So I think that's why I have this sort of like fine art association with the word. Yeah. Whereas I know that culturally it does carry a lot of sort of like otherness. You know, like you are mm-hmm. not what I am. You are other, so therefore you're interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but in another way, and I way, think yeah. as you said, it depends on who is saying it too, because it, obviously every every person comes with their own context. Exactly, and I think that's what's difficult is that it really does offend a lot of people now, mm-hmm. and I understand it. I, I completely see the other side of it. But if you're too, um, if you were to pull people of different age groups, mm-hmm. it makes a huge difference. Yeah, like parents tend to not think that the word is that bad, you know, or like yeah. the generation before, and we're sort of somewhere in the middle. Whereas like my students, they really don't like the word. They mm-hmm. don't unless they're foreign, unless they're from another country. They don't. If they're American and they have 
um, an ethnic background that is other than, you know, white, like, Caucasian, mm-hmm. uh, they don't, they tend to take it more personally. Yeah. You know, so it's, I think it's this uh, conditioning, but with the history of what, how we've sort of thought about the Orient and, you know, like, oh, the spice trade and those spice islands. Yeah. Sort of this, exactly. like, you know, very exploitative. Yeah, way. like, it's, like, the West Indies, the so- Southeast Asia, like, Latin America. It has the... Especially island exotic. groups, though. Yeah, it's island groups. The yeah, weather. the women from those places <laughs> are must be supple skinned and <laughs> yeah. topless with wild hair. You we have know, great skin, though. We do have great skin. No, we skin. do. <laughs> there are benefits, <laughs> for sure. Sure. Yes. You know, Absolutely. But. So one of the things that I thought was really interesting being in the UK during the whole... Meghan Markle, Prince Harry thing. She was very exoticized as a mixed race American. Like American is exoticized there. Interesting, because yeah. I automatically think of Americans as mi- mixed race. That's just how I think of Americans. Because America is a country of immigrants. But we're also from New York. Yeah. You know, so it's like there's over 800 languages spoken here. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a representation for almost every nationality and ethnic group. Well, you know, that's how there was a. Last year, maybe it was a year and a half ago, there was a Tory Burch ad that people were there are a few actually, and there is this one in particular about where it was about the girls of Paris and it was it was actually very well done. It was really beautifully shot and it was like two girl kind of chic street gangs in Paris and it was super whitewashed and that's not what I thought of as a Parisian girl. I think in my head, a Parisian person is they're like very whitewashed blonde hair blue eyes and that's not my Parisian girl at all I feel like my Parisian has like probably a mix of North African in them too yeah. and like it's it's very yeah it's and I kind of exoticize them too and I think they're beautiful but they're not what was that? Oh, that's Samba sneezing. Oh. <laughs> it's like it's, it's an exotic down. sound. <laughs> we don't know what it is. But so yeah. has Aaron ever called you exotic? No, but he he does he does think he's that, from Texas. By yeah, the way, for he's, everyone. he's from Texas, and he's from a small town in Texas, not like uh, you know Dallas or um, who, like any of those places. But he comes from a tiny town where they haven't really seen anyone other than black or white, actually. So mm-hmm. nothing in between. You know, they're oh, they they understand Mexican. Yeah, so they, keep, they they look at me like I'm an alien. Mm-hmm. Like people will stop. They can't, figure out. they can't figure it out. People will stop in the grocery store and just stare. That happens. <laughs> yeah, and it's mm. you know. I'll, but I always turn around. So how do you? feel about people staring I just say hi <laughs> no I do I just hi. say hi yeah hi like turn around and be like look them in the eye and be like hi you know just because unless they have a crazy stare I think I demure I smile uncomfortably uncomfortably yeah I like yeah. feel uncomfortable sometimes I do that too it depends yeah. on your mood you know if you're mm-hmm. feeling brazen then like go for a hi but yeah if, if I feel like a little bit um exposed almost then I'll I'll yeah, I'll do what you do. Has anyone ever asked to take your picture? I had that happen in Singapore once, this Asian family. They were not from Singapore. They were tourists as well. I think they were from China. I'm not 100% sure. But they asked if I could take a photo with their son. <laughs> with your No. I mean, yes, a little bit, but not as much as I see. Like, when we went to Indonesia with 12 friends, and you know, they were all, like, these... Like, they want the the tall white or, mm-hmm. like, tall black. Other, yeah. You know, just anyone who's tall is really what it is. Yes. Um, and also just someone that they don't see a lot of. For me, what they... They also think I'm Hispanic in Indonesia. Oh, So it's okay. not... They never think I'm Indonesian. They just don't. 
Um, but with, once I tell them I'm mixed, you know, I'm half Indonesian. It's called Indo. Okay. It's half Indonesian, half other. Um, they start immediately equating me with celebrities there, local celebrities. It's like, oh, you're like Cinta Laura. Oh, you're like this person. That's you're so like that person. And then they want to take photos after they find out that I'm half and half. Like, I went okay. to a little remote village, and they were like, you're just like this celebrity. I look nothing like her, like, in yeah. any way whatsoever. But they just were like... Because everyone on TV is actually mixed. Mm -hmm. So they, that's, you know, everyone who's, you know, like a famous person in Indonesia is pretty much half and half because Mm -hmm. they exoticize this, this idea of, let's say, like a local person being with someone foreign and having a quote unquote better life. So in their eyes, that that's child. exotic. Yeah. Because it's re- it's reachable. You know, mm-hmm. it's something that, it, it's attainable. It's not like, I mean, because so many people live in such abject poverty that it really is sometimes the only ticket out. Yeah, well, I think it. that happens in America, too. Think about, like, that famous Kanye line when it's, I forgot what song is it. I'm blanking on what song. It has, like, Nia Long and Tracy Ellis Ross in the video, and he's a daredevil. Is it Gold Digger? It might be. Maybe. When he's, like... When he, yeah, when he get on, he leave your ass for a white girl. And that was, like, the whole thing with, like, an NBA player that he probably won't date a black woman, a black NBA player, rather. And that, like, if he reaches a certain status, that he'll date a white woman. Right, so it becomes a thing of status. Yeah, exactly, like the foreigner thing. So I think it happens in America, too. Oh, definitely. For sure. No, it's definitely a thing. I even see it at the gym that I go to where, like, (laughs) yes, the trainers, like, you know, they always um, somehow end up dating, like, blonde hair, blue-eyed women, and they're either Dominican or black, usually, Mm -hmm. from, from that particular gym that I go to. So I don't know if that's, like, just a coincidental thing or sort of like a oh a, a status thing yeah. as well or like maybe to them those you know the blonde hair blue eyed women are exotic because they didn't grow up with exactly. that many of them in the neighborhood you know um, but what I think is like frustrating mm-hmm. is when I am wearing all black because I wear a lot of all black right so then I'll, I'll be like at a, in a locker room at my gym or something yeah um, or I'll be at a store and people just automatically ask me like where does this go or you know hand like someone handed me a towel <laughs> at you know this oh very my god fancy the, gym i in New don't York. work here and i'm just yes. like i don't work here and i get frustrated you know mm-hmm. and it's it's frustrating just not and that i think the any... spaces that we occupy that happens a lot yeah a lot it's like, just sort of god like, forbid you were all black to a fashion event and they think you must be part of the oh staff. you must be you must <laughs> you be must like be. You're, you're, oh you're <laughs> photographing us or you're yeah. cater, you know you're catering or whatever it is yeah so it's and at first i used to sort of just like smile you know and just mm-hmm. be like well maybe she would know mm-hmm. <laughs> and point to someone who might Totally. But, you know, people get, it's, they get, um, it's just the, you challenge, what I like doing is challenging people's assumptions by my responses. Yeah. Being like, hmm, okay, so maybe think twice next time. Not that there's any problem working in any place, but just why are you assuming that I work there just because, you know, I look a certain way, whereas the person next yeah. to me doesn't, you Yeah. Know? I ask that. random people and they work there. It doesn't matter the race. Yeah. Any person standing still, I ask them. Do you work here? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. like, I don't work here. You, yeah. I have a cart. Yeah, but you might know. You look like you come here you often might know. enough. Well, see, that's a different way of asking. <laughs> yeah. I think that definitely makes it not awkward. Is yeah. being like, hey, so you look like you know a thing or two. Yeah. <laughs> Do you happen to know this? You know? In constant need of help. Yeah. No, me too, though. Do you think that now it's like, because it seems like we both... Like grew up in spaces where that could happen a lot and you know you're around people that kind of say off things and now it's a completely different time like you said about your students yeah very and so do you think that 
we would have said something growing up now or if it's like a manner of the times or if it's a matter of the kids themselves and kids being more woke and certain things not being okay to say. I think it's a combination of all of it, but Mm -hmm. definitely I think this generation is a lot more aware of what's going on. Mm -hmm. They understand things a lot better in terms of even environmentalism, just everything in general, colorism, just everyone's much more attuned to it. I do think that... um, like in, I remember in, in at Trinity, I used to allow people to just be like ching chong 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 ching chong, you know all that stuff. Yeah, and like you and Helena would both make like jokes and we'd with make fun. Them. Yeah, with, like, just because it was so uncomfortable that there's no other way to do it but to join people, mm-hmm. you know, and like it would just it was so constant. It was like every almost every day that it just became part of like an everyday life thing, and it didn't hurt me because I didn't allow it to hurt me. Yeah, but I, if I had let it hurt me, it would have hurt me. Yeah, you know, and this generation, I. I think there are pluses and minuses to being so attuned to the stuff and being so aware because on one hand, it allows you to then change not only the way we talk about things, but the way things actually are societally. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it's like this obsession with saying that every word is bad is, I find it to be problematic. Like where I work at this university, we can't say things like, disabled and I understand why we can't it's like oh a person with a disability but at some point it just becomes and I don't that's not a great example of it but there's other things where it's just like we have a list of maybe four pages or five pages of words that are off limits oh wow um and it's it's difficult for someone who is my age to to (laughs) learn like our like grandparents I know but I mean even just a few years makes a difference with this stuff like even just Mm -hmm. someone who's like you know 24 25 will have a different idea and concept of it entirely. Yeah, I think that you're right. It's because you don't want to police someone for, and I understand the problem with policing culture, then I understand the problem with unleashing, like, alt-right people. And so there is a reason that their language is policed, but you don't want to police someone who simply, like, they didn't know another way to say something, or they didn't know, like, the disabled thing, for example. Obviously, that's not coming from malintent. Right. That's, like, simple, oh, I didn't know that's what we're saying now. Okay, cool, I'll change. Yeah, <laughs> but it also does different. make sense, like, a person yeah. with a disability not being defined, like, I am disabled, yeah. you know? But it takes an extra step and a willingness for all of us to learn to do that, mm-hmm. you know? But sometimes it's, like, people, I think it's all about the responses. Like, I'm open to changing my language and all of that, but when someone gets angry and about your language that you don't even know about like what you're saying yeah that's when it becomes offensive I'm like well I don't even want to learn it then you know it's like how do you how you approach it really changes whether or not someone wants to then adopt your language and if your goal is to be able to have as many people adopt it as possible then Mm -hmm. you have to have like a willingness to understand that not everybody understands it so implicitly like you do you know yeah exactly but I have a question for you actually yeah I'm wondering like (laughs) depending on your hairstyle do Mm -hmm. people think you're one or the other in terms of like being black American or like Caribbean American or um, I actually European, often get Caribbean American I think people usually try to fit me in whatever box that they know yeah. of so I do get Caribbean even from black Americans I do get Caribbean American a lot they're like you seem Caribbean is it just because you, you have your a look. very island vibe about I you I don't know but I have got I get that more than anything else 
um, in here in the United States with black Americans and with white Americans. They're like, yeah, you seem, you, and they'll say, like, you look like an island person. And I was like, really? Okay. You look, you look like an island person. So I was like, okay, okay, whatever. I'll take it, I guess, because I love island Why not? People. Me too. Yeah, I love island um, When I was in Israel, I got Ethiopian Jew a lot. Hmm. Like, people would come up to me and speak Hebrew. Wow. And then, like, our guide, like, they think that you're... And I, like, didn't really understand at first. And they also had a big issue with... I can't remember what... A West African country. Um, they, have, they had a big immigrant problem there that there was a huge part of Tel Aviv that was kind of, like, a no-man zone because it was um, camps. And so, like, I would assume that they would think that. Uh, and But no, my, they would speak Hebrew to me. And my God, it's like, oh, they, they think you're Ethiopian. They think you're an Ethiopian Jew. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. That is really interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, I think. And then when I was that time, one of the times when someone thought out in Dominican Republic, it happened. But also I was in Venice. And I think this woman was from the Dominican Republic, but she came up to me and started talking to me in Spanish. And then I looked at her a little confused. And then she asked was I not Dominican? And so... <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. A lot of conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it definitely depends on where I am. And it's usually like they might have met someone like that or they have a population of those certain people and they fit me into yeah. whatever box. Um, very rarely, unless I'm in... Very rarely is it black American, even when I'm in the U.S. <laughs> like, yeah, because very, you're always exotic. Like, I'm always... Size. Even yeah. when I'm in the U.S., it's like you seem foreign. You seem um, foreign, yeah. 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 Like, that's <laughs> the thing. I feel like I don't... Here I'm foreign, Indonesia I'm foreign. Yeah. Where am I? Where can I belong? You know, exactly. It's like, where exactly. is home? I've had... Was it a friend's ex-boyfriend in Dominican Republic? Actually, he was Dominican, she was white American, and was like, "Yeah, yeah, you definitely like are like part Cuban." And my dad's side, yeah, but he's like, I could see it because like certain features of your eyes and your nose. And he, I did not like how he was saying it because it it wasn't coming from malintent; it was coming as a compliment. But it was a compliment in that, like, well, you can't possibly just be black. Right. And with, you know, in Dominican Republic, they have a lot of colorism and race issues there. And so he was very, he was internalizing issues with himself. And I, and she was from uh, Minnesota. She's amazing. Um, He went back with her there and he was very upset because people there in Minnesota, they thought it was Mexican. And I was like, <laughs> that's yeah. tasted his own medicine. But he was like very offended that they would think that he was Mexican. Oh, how there. terrible would it yeah, be? Exactly, you know, it's like, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I generally do not take offense to it. Yeah. Um, as I said, it always comes from where the people, are, the person. So it's like confirmation bias. It's sort of like just taking in information that confirms what you already believe mm-hmm. and then rejecting anything else. Exactly. You exactly. Know. Pretty much. Yeah, Pretty and we much. do that for everything, like yeah. historical facts, like, oh, this event <laughs> happened this way, you know, for everything. Yeah. But, yeah, it's inter- it's really interesting because it's just one of those things that, like, it's an everyday part of life. And I wonder, for some people, like I tell Aaron, I'm like, you know, you, you have pretty much blonde hair blue eyes like do you does anyone ever think you're foreign mm-hmm. probably not you know what i mean like does anyone ever ask you i said it to michaela and he goes actually yes in italy because i have a rounder face so i'm rounder they, think, face. they think i'm turkish or north african oh actually i was like okay okay yeah. fine and then he tried to give me an example when he heard this british person complaining about foreigners and he felt discriminated against and i was like okay white man chill out yeah exactly <laughs> chill out. it's like all the yeah it's very different from you but okay i'll let you have your 
your, your issue. <laughs> I'll let you have your I mean, they have their today. issues too. Like I, I volunteer at this um, place sometimes. I should do it more, but it's a sanctuary coalition, and it's mm-hmm. just right here on Thompson Street, like near Washington Square Park. And one of the leaders was actually detained recently, but there it's oh like, you know, oh, even there, that that's where the exoticism thing happens to me too, because I'll walk in, you know, as a volunteer, mm-hmm. not as a person trying to get asylum. Yeah. But every time this leader, he's, <laughs> one he's particular from Trinidad. One? Yeah, he's 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 from Trinidad. He always says to me in Spanish that I'm in the wrong room and that I have to go to the room with the friends because they're called friends. Oh my god. And every time I say, you know. You're talking about racial profiling here, and yet every time, every time you don't even remember. So it's like my people who who have the best intentions and who yeah. really even work in the field tend to lapse into that sort of oh totally. But see, the thing is, I, yeah, because it all depends on who's asking. Because sometimes yeah, I'm exactly. you know I'm very proud of being other. Mixed. Yeah, exactly. Other and times, I, sometimes I'm, like, I'm really well, my family's I from here. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, like you totally. know, you want to know more? I'll tell you <laughs> like, exactly. But, yeah, what struck me was in, in Turkey, actually, everyone thought that I was um, Iranian or Iraqi. They all just assumed I was Middle Eastern. So I thought that was weird because, I, you know, it was like people from there were, like, mm-hmm. going up to me and being like, so I was like, so, yeah, when I wear, because in the mosques you have to, yeah. when you visit them, you have to wear a hijab, you know, so I wore them. And in general, actually, there, I, to fit in, I would wear it. Just, just because I was like, well, you know, half my family in Indonesia is Muslim anyway, so yeah. I might as well. I was there a little, uh, a, a few years before you, and it was still, it wasn't like now. Actually, it was there right before the protests of yeah, like 2010 or so. Yeah, that was a scary time to be so. there. Difficult time. But it was, it was a weird tension in the air, but I didn't like know what it was about. Right, right. And so now it's a little bit different because back then they were a little bit more secular. Yeah. And so there was less people walking around in a hijab that I saw. Um, and I was in I was on the Asian side a lot because that's where my friend lived, oh, wow. and there were definitely less people from what I see with people's photos now. It's like oh that's interesting. I didn't see that that much when I was in Istanbul. Yeah, and I guess it depends also where you're going well, to. Well, also like because you know we had a very interesting situation where um, we couldn't oh, yeah. leave the hospital and we didn't have a passport, so we had to basically stay in the hospital because mm-hmm. Aaron had like this radial nerve injury. Trust me, Naomi and I can go on for hours, but that won't be the last you'll hear from her. In an upcoming podcast, we discuss food, love, cultural appropriation, and you'll find out more about her time in the Turkish hospital. For now, thanks for listening, and also, let me know what you think about the word exotic. How do you use it? Have we made you think about the way you ask people about their heritage? And don't worry if you just realize, shoo, I might be guilty of all that. We all can be. As both Naomi and Jen said, it's the intention behind it. Thanks for listening, and to keep up with me and my travels, follow me on Instagram at N-N-E-Y-A, that's Anaya, and check out my blog, N, like the letter N, a perfectworld.com. See you guys soon. Have a great day. Bye. Hola. Hola, no.